In a world where fear, chaos, and boredom reign, a world where hope and toilet paper dwindle, two heroes will stand up and change the fate of us all. On the Dogs of War podcast, Raleigh and Kevin have vowed to restore the glory of the Cleveland Browns by whatever memes necessary. From the creators of Angry Browns fans, the Dogs of War is back for Season 2, a top 10 sports podcast in the country of Lebanon. Our heroes are armed with random movie quotes, the Munilot payphone, and an unconditional love for the Cleveland Browns. 18 seconds left, he's got the snap. Back to pass, up in the pocket, shooting it long and deep, and it's picked off! They got it! Terrence Mitchell's got it! And it's all over here now! They can't take it away anymore! 11 seconds left to go! Mitchell takes the football, he's going to run it down to the best fans, the most patient fans in the league, right to the dog pound, up and in he goes! And we're recording. Welcome back to week 69 of the COVID era, the quarantine era, to the Dogs of War podcast. Kevin, how are you doing in your tomb of isolation? Riley, I'm ready to pod, man. And yeah, you just brought up that magic number. It has been now more than 60 days since pro sports went on hiatus, went on pause. But I'm here. I'm ready to pod. I'm ready to talk some Browns, ready to talk some quarantine. We have a lot on the docket. You know, I feel like even though it's May and it's the offseason, not much going on because we're all locked in our respective bunkers still. Uh, there's still a lot we're going to co- cover and talk about here. Well, you got some big news. So for those of you wondering, I was golfing in Wisconsin a couple weekends ago because you can, golf courses are open up there as well. Very interesting experience. That There's no obviously no contact between you and the pro shop. You go there. And you're kind of looking through a window and you call, like you're looking at the guy picking up his phone and you like give him your credit card over the phone while looking at him through the glass window. Uh, if you want to buy like balls or anything, they bring those out and set them down in front of you, then like scurry away. Very bizarre. With like but, wipes or something? Yeah, yeah, I no. It just it was just uh some, you know, ho hum track up in Wisconsin. So anyway. Uh, par- I haven't swung a club since last May, and I was golfing with some good players. And I that always, I'm always golfing with people better than I am, no matter what. So, anyway, uh, long story short, we get to uh, par three, 175 yards, obviously seven iron. But what this course is doing, a lot of golf courses are doing things differently with how they're doing the no contact on the greens. This particular course had the cups of the holes raised up out of the hole. You know, a couple, maybe like halfway. So it's kind of like a bumper around the hole. You know what I mean? Other courses are, I saw putting uh, pool noodles in. Courses are doing all sorts of things to make it so you're not actually going in to pick up the ball and touch the cup so other golfers aren't all putting their hands in there. So that's what every golf course is doing that I've seen in Wisconsin, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois. So anyway, this particular one had the cups like halfway out of the hole. So really it's like all you got to do is just hit the cup, give it a little you know, rim job. And it counts as a putt. Yeah. So we get up to the part three. I hit the ball probably the first time I hit it straight all day. I think it was like maybe seventh or eighth hole. And it hits the front of the green and it rolls up. It's starting to roll towards the hole. And all of us are like, go, like, 
hit hit the cut like it was going right towards it. It wasn't it wasn't a laser. It wasn't going a hundred miles an hour. It cruised on up to the hole, hit the cup that was coming out. You know, like it hit the hole and then bounced back around five or so feet. Now the debacle is we all cheered like because it was whatever. It, it's quarantine. We're one of like three people on the golf course. We had a couple beers. We're just pretending it's a hole in one. My buddies I'm golfing with said, no, that is a hole-in-one, considered a hole-in-one. I said, absolutely not. Like, do I think it would have gone in if there was an actual hole, like, in the ground with the flag there, 50-50? My reason being, because when it hit the hole, it didn't, like, you know, ricochet off 100 feet off the green. It was, like, it hit it, and then it just rolled back a little bit. So it had enough juice to get there, then not, like, you know, fly by it or jump over it. Um, my cousin is – my cousin is like a walking golf rule book. Not like he's not like one of those assholes who like it sucks to golf with because he's always trying to correct what you're doing. He only like if you have a question on anything, he's just good to have in your group because he'll tell you, "Oh yeah, it's one club, two club, this that." He knows everything. And he even like he's like the biggest enforcer of these things out there and he even said, "No, like they changed the rules. USGA changed the rules for quarantine and said a hole in one is counted if it hits the cup like that on the fly in this particular situation. All of that being said, long story short, TLDR, too long, didn't read. Par three, I hit a ball with my seven iron. It rolled up, hit the cup, rolled back. People are saying it's a hole-in-one to consider it as such. I was using a shitty Strata golf ball. So regardless, I'm already I, – I ordered a – I'm framing the Strata golf ball. <laughs> put on my shelf just to have a strata golf ball framed on my shelf no other reason and just a funny story like it's my quarantine hole in one some people are saying uh, half the people are saying considered a hole in one other half are saying no i'm in the half that's saying absolutely not like that is not a pure hole in one to me. why why are you saying no because, so, it because you got an so, out you got because it in. To have, no because to have a hole in one you gotta be able to go up and see the ball in the hole you able to take it out or even just, you know, even if it's wedged like between the stick and the side of the hole, this is a, a halfway, half-ass quarantine hole-in-one. So then someone else asked me, well, what did you put down on the scorecard? I said, I put down a one. And so they said, well, that's case in point. But I don't know. People, if you want to sound off, give us your opinions on this one more than oh, we can hear it. Oh, Kevin. That story went out way too long, though. I caddied for 12 years. Me too. 12 years, 12 years on the force at Scioto Country Club. Shout out Westside. Shout out Westwood Country Club. I was, an, I was an Evans Scholar. They paid for my college, which is insane. Shout out Evans Scholars. Shout out Chick Evans. Shout out Mr. Sokol, Mr. Scott, Mr. Heller. My guys, favorite dudes to caddy for. That's a hole-in-one. If USGA says it's a hole-in-one, they're the authoritative figures. That's a hole-in-one. I don't care if it's a laser or not. That's a hole-in-one. You've got a hole-in-one. It blows my mind that they even like they even discussed changing the rules for this. And yeah, thank God. And uh, we walked by. Uh, there's a foursome on the other hole, or a foursome in front of us, and they were clapping and cheering when they saw us screaming and hooting and hollering. Fortunately, thank God, the bar obviously the grill was closed. For those of you that don't know, now it's more so at a country club than a public fucking golf course, but. In the game of golf, when you make a hole in one, if you make a hole in one, you have to buy everyone at the course that day a drink. It's yeah, there's like three people. It's the best time to get a hole yeah, in one. Exactly. That, and that would have been hilarious because I could have said I bought everyone on that course a drink. Everything was closed. So, no. so because of that, that in itself, hole in one. Yeah, that in itself and the fact that it's, it's just still not a real hole in one to me. I hit the hole. All right. Well, 
I'm going to override that and say it was a hole-in-one. Congratulations. Thank Let's you. celebrate. Back to the topic at hand, that's Cleveland Browns-based podcast, a hammer update, a Scottish Ooh. hammer update. For anyone following him on social media, he's been posting a lot of workouts, and that dude is yoked. Hang on, hang on. Cue the music. Okay, continue. Scottish Hammer doing 15 pull-ups and that thing where you do a pull-up and you like go side to side so your chin's moving across the top. He's built like a Scottish Hammer for back, lack of a better analogy. Um, I don't know what he is doing, but he could play middle linebacker for any team in the league with a body like that. There was also, he announced that he was going to cut his hair like the sides of it into some kind of a mullet and somebody started a petition to prevent him from cutting his gold mane. I signed it. So that's the Scottish hammer update. We are doing everything we can to get him on the dogs of war podcast. Um, sooner or later, we just got to pull the gloves off and cyber bully him into submission so that he comes on for a 10 to 15 minute interview. Is he the only kicker in the NFL active or in history that a kick returner does not want to have to come face to face with. I got to imagine that Phil Dawson would have besides Phil Dawson. Yeah. Phil Dawson Dawson is, is twice the size of Scottish hammer. We all know. Yeah. Phil Dawson just takes off his helmet and gives somebody the stare down and they would have just buckled. Scottish hammer literally is Mel Gibson. He is Mel Gibson from the Patriot. It is. It is. I mean, un- part, my bad. It's hilarious. If you're not watching his Instagram videos, or what you're missing out. Like he's out there, like just curling full <laughs> trees. Yeah, he, he he like cut. He didn't cut the tree down, but he put like an entire tree on his back and started doing squats. Like, sir. And you know, even though he would get this much fanfare with any fan base because he's the Scottish man. It is the most Cleveland Browns thing in the world for us to be obsessed with our punter and actually have all of us have t-shirts with our punter on it so wait play the music again i want to say this i want it to sound epic all right i don't know where you're going scottish hammer but by god i'll follow you that should sound badass um moving on kevin stefanski made his permanent residence in cleveland ohio and he chose the west side kevin your thoughts you know when this first came out, when he took the job, there was some. He got asked right away in his opening press conference, you know, what side are you going to pick, West Side or East Side? And of course, my man Stefanski's picking the West Side. I'm a West Sider, Lakewood till I die, holla at you. Look, he knows where his bread gets buttered. It's the West Side. We are the better fans. We are the heart and soul of Cleveland. East Side, keep your wine and cheese and everything over there. You know, the West Side is Brown's country. Now, I say this, obviously, very sarcastically because I have many friends and family members on the east side. And I say yeah, this, and listeners. I don't care about your friends and family. And are, say this. alienate our listeners. And say this just to spite them, of course, because it's always east side versus west side is fun. I'm just, I mean, come on. It doesn't matter what side of Cleveland you're on. We have the best fans in the history of sports. But love that he's a west sider. He's a, a exactly what I pictured a Kevin Stefanski to be. Blue blood, just going to be fit right in with Cleveland's finest over there. I love it. I'm a West Sider, so of course I need to speak like that. But, hey, I'm all in. He made the right decision. Good for you, Mr. Stefanski. Good for you, Mr. Kevin. Baker reportedly invited all of the receivers and tight ends down to his hometown, Austin, Texas, 
to get some uh, throws in, get some routes in. And, uh, yeah, Njoku, he's down there. Hollywood's down there. I don't know if that's a newsworthy update, but it's the off season, and we're going to throw you every content opportunity we can. So I remember the boys Texas, are working. Texas is open for business, so they're not breaking any kind of rule either. And in an interview, Carl Joseph, newly acquired strong safety from the Oakland Raiders, said that he sees the Browns as a perfect fit for him. And I didn't uh, really read the article, but I got to think that just because he is a strong safety and we didn't have one, yes, he is the perfect fit. So probably a sick article. Welcome to the team, Carl. Lead us to wealth and power and eternal glory. Cleveland Carl, baby. Let's do it. And this is the first ever uh, contest, if you will, we've had on the Dogs of War podcast. My beloved sister, shout out Anna, made me, well, last year, two years ago, she made me a Cleveland Browns ugly Christmas sweater, which I wear a lot more than I should. With that same material, she made me three homemade COVID masks with the material, and here it is. I know you guys can't see us, but Kevin. They're legit. They're legit. And if you follow him on Instagram, at Angry Browns fans, you'll see them. They're pretty impressive. So we are going to give away two of them. We've got to think of a contest for this. Two loyal dogs of war listening right now. What kind of contest should we roll with? Um, let's do one with the reviews. Okay. Whoever can write a review, five-star review, mind you, that makes us laugh in the epicness of it or just all-around solid review, send me a screen capture of it, uh, email dogsofwarpod at gmail.com or DM Angry Browns fans. It's got to be a screenshot. It's got to be a screenshot of like the text box though because anyone can screenshot the review once it's posted. Yeah, exactly. And if you already wrote a sick review in the past, don't delete it and write a new one. Doesn't it like delete the other one? I don't know. Only new reviews. May the best loyal dog of war loyal listener win. Yeah, sick. Contest. Look at that. Getting the community involved. Speaking of getting the community involved, uh, last week, week and a half ago, whatever it was, we put a call out saying that we are in the market for an unpaid intern to help us oh, yeah. with the Dogs of War podcast, and we got a lot more responses, a lot more emails than we anticipated. Humbly, I thank you guys all. I have not forgotten about any of you. I just haven't put the time into responding yet, so we're going to try to think of some uh, positions, some tasks that we can have to get as many people involved as possible and stand by for updates. Other non-Browns news, but NFL news, DeAndre Baker of the New York Giants and Quentin Dunbar of the Seattle Seahawks, both cornerbacks, they are, there's a warrant out for their arrest for armed robbery. Like It's like four counts each. Silver lining, it wasn't a Browns player. Let's go. Ooh, that's actually a great spin on that. I, I, for as long as I live, I will never understand how that's even possible to make millions of dollars and still go out and want to get arrested with something so stupid. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, you just got, I mean, I just laugh at it now. I mean, how stupid can you be? What could you have possibly? I'm immune. After Josh Gordon, I'm immune to literally anything. Unless someone kills somebody now in the league, you can do anything. I'm just going to be like, eh, whatever. Fool me once, shame on you. But Josh Gordon fooled me eight times. So 
none of this shit even gets moves the meter anymore at all but it still just amazes me you really just don't it's like these guys don't like making millions of dollars it blows my mind that's all <laughs> what could what could you have possibly have obtained in the most success even if you robbed a bank what a couple hundred thousand dollars you make that in a game so yeah silver lining uh wasn't a Browns player and if any Browns players are listening that are living a life of a life in the fast lane we are on the market to be your life coaches to be your fall guys so slide into the DMs and that's about all I got uh one thing I wanted to the kind of late edition here I think it was Bleacher Report. It was a verified account. Put out a report today that we were talking back and forth. Speaking of Seattle Seahawks, so great segue by you. For the 2018 draft, when we had the first overall pick and we drafted Baker, there were preliminary discussions between us and the Seahawks to trade that pick for Russell Wilson. Now, who the hell knows if that's true? i tell you one thing. If it's true, it ain't coming from our beat writers. Don't even get me started on those on that crew we have covering the Browns. But – Again, no one's going to come out and verify this, but it was a verified Twitter account. Therefore, I feel comfortable just at least reporting it. I take zero responsibility if it's wrong. But that was the report. Is It was going to be Russell for the number one pick. Oh, give me Baker all day. Short episode this week again. Again, it's the offseason, gang. We're stretching these as far as we possibly can and having oh, but- a lot of fun doing it. Miles Garrett, wh- where are you at? You, oh, said, yeah. you said during the season you'd come on in the offseason. Let's go. I haven't. I'm going to try to email him. I need to find his email. And yeah, email. if anyone's got his email, just holler at you boys, please. That being said, we'll get some other interviews for you this summer. Fear not. We got some things in the hopper. It's cooking. But until the next time, good night, Cleveland. I can't see me loving no one but the Browns for all my life.